button here. All right. So when he's talking about this in 3 John 2, he's again, he's using these words beloved. And if you look at the word beloved, it's mentioned several times. I see three uh, obvious ones here, verse 2, verse 5, and verse 11. And you can see the affection that John is talking about here to Gaius, whom I love in the truth, right? He's a friend. Aren't friends precious, aren't they? How many have friends in this room? Okay. Uh, a friend is more than just an acquaintance, right? It's someone you can call on at any time, right? Proverbs 17, 17, right? How many have a friend that you can call on at any time? Anybody? Oh, it's much less hands. <laughs> Some, uh, Proverbs 17, 17 and Proverbs 18, 7, a brother is born for adversity. See, friends are very rare, aren't they? They really are. We have a lot of acquaintances, right? But people that will accept you, love you, walk with you in, in the dark times, usually you can't count them more on one, than one on one hand, right? And we know that to have friends, we show ourselves friendly. You know, that means we are not only interested in talking about what we're interested in, but we're learning to be interested in what other people are interested in, right? We're actually investing in our friendships because friendships that are made by God can last a long time, right? How many have had friends that, that are over five years? Anybody have friends over five years? Ten years? 20 years, 15 years. Okay, that's good. Sandin, wow, that's great. So friends are really precious, right? So Gaius was very valuable here to John, right? And I'm sure people that you've led to Christ and then you see them grow in the faith, it's very edifying, isn't it? And then they minister to you and you walk alongside of them and there's no greater joy than... My children, it says here, that walk in truth. So he's saying here that prosperity in all things comes not only from your physical health, and here Gaius had physical problems, but he was very strong spiritually. And so the emphasis here was Gaius, continue to strengthen the inner man, and you will prosper. Okay, you will prosper. So um, it's great to prosper naturally. It's great to prosper um, physically. But more importantly, is there depth? And this is, a, this is an example of prosperity is depth. Okay? Is there something in my life that has meaning? Is it something that's personal? Is it something that is my compass? Right? It guides my step. Steps. And so tonight, you know, these days when you're in Bible school, these are precious days. You'll look back on these days and you will say, wow, thank God I went to Bible school, right? I was telling a guy today, I remember working construction in Bible school and I would have to stand up in the back of the room because I was so tired. I, 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 if I sat in the seat, I'd be asleep in a minute, right? Uh, but I look back on Bible school and I say, wow, those were some great days. Right and depth and fire and um, deep things were added to our to our hearts that keep us to this day. Right, so he goes on. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walked in truth. 
I have no greater joy than to hear my children are walking in truth. What's he saying? Well, what's the word truth there? Anybody remember the word we used last class? What was the Greek word we used? What was the Greek word we used in class last, yesterday, last time? Good. Aletheia. Good. Aletheia. Divine absolutes. Like Gaius, there's something going on in you. You're more than just a nice guy. You are someone that's walking in truth. You are a role model. You are a role model. I want to talk about that, okay, in a few minutes. So Gaius, number one, he helped God's work. He helped God's work. Not only was he someone that was um, just a pew warmer, as they say, or spectator, but he was a participator. He was John's friend. John's friend, right? By the way, friendships need to be guarded, right? Friendships need to be invested in, right? It's a personal investment, right? Friendships need work, right? And hopefully they're, they're both ways, not just one way. How many, have, how many have had friends that you're doing all the work? Anybody? <laughs> That's not friendship. That's tiring, right? You want a friend that is, there's an exchange life, right? You want a friend that is able, you're able to, uh, it's a judgment-free zone, but you want a friend that's going to, iron sharpens iron, right? You want a friend like that. You want someone that's not going to let you live in the flesh, but you want someone that's going to, you know, give you the words in season and speak truth in love, right? It says in this age that there will be those that betray their friends, it hurts, doesn't it, when someone uh, mishandles each other, isn't it? Doesn't it hurt? Anybody had a friend like that? My familiar friend has risen up their heel against me, all right? Anybody ever have that? Nobody? Wow, yeah, I've had it. It hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, years and years of investment, one day, gone. What happened? Lots of things happened. There's stuff that goes on in people's hearts that we do not know. This is why we need depth. And when we love in truth, that means that we're loving them without strings attached. We are loving them before God. We're loving them, not expecting things in return. But naturally, we want something in return. Naturally, we want that that reward. But Gaius was a man that... Uh, not only was a convert, but he was a disciple and he was sold out for Christ. He was sincere and Paul recognized his testimony and that he walked in truth. Amazing testimony, your testimony, not what people say about you, right? I mean, our, we, we understand our characters, who we are when no one's around, but what, how do people see you? Do they see you? Do they recognize you? Do they watch you? Uh, and do they, um, you know, are they inspired by your decisions? I, I want to give you three things. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I, I want to show you three things here. Um, I was going to do this with Demetrius. I may, I may just wait, but I, I'll, I'll give a few here because I'm going to open them up here. So, 
Okay, number one, example is more powerful than rhetoric. Example is more powerful than rhetoric. So you can tell somebody 900 times to do something, but if you walk it out with them, they will visually see what you're saying. Okay? Sometimes we just have to be silent and just do it, right? Very, very important. So example is more powerful than rhetoric. Number two, we are creatures led by patterns rather than just principles. I'm quoting a couple of people here. We are creatures led by patterns more than just principles. What does that mean? It means that we are led by what is demonstrated rather than you should do it, you shouldn't do it. This is what you know, this is what you're supposed to do. Uh, we may conform, but we, we are definitely not going to be transformed. Okay. Number three, our example is worth more than a thousand arguments. Your example is worth more than a thousand arguments. <laughs> in relationships, in friendships, what you do will testify more than what you say. It's true, isn't it? Because someone can be saying a lot of great things, but their actions can testify against them, right? So let your feet do the talking. Let your feet do the talking. Let your feet do the talking. And, and this is great in ministry. Sometimes as ministers, we need to stop talking and start doing. We do way too much talking, actually. And you know what? People shut down, shut off. But I like this. I like this statement. Our example is worth more than a thousand arguments. <laughs> Not good. So what does that mean? It means, okay, you do, you do you, you do you, and I will do, I'll walk with the Lord, amen? And let's see where we both end up in 20 years, okay? It's amazing. So Gaius is really someone that is testified of the truth. Number four, we unconsciously imitate what pleases us. We unconsciously imitate what pleases us. That's why we do what we believe. And this is why in any type of rehabilitation, we must change our appetite. And therefore, we will change our behavior. Yeah, so we unconsciously imitate what pleases us. Let me show you some verses here. Look at 1 Peter Chapter 2. So role models, heroes. Where are our heroes today? Well, you look at Hollywood and you see the heroes and they are drug addicts. They are corrupt. They are, they are blasphemers. Right? The young person is looking for someone that they can trust. They're looking for someone that can give them something other than a cheap uh, a cheap example that is like a vapor blows away people are looking for depth 
what are you going to do when things are difficult, right? If there's depth, right, we won't quit. If there's depth, we won't make an excuse and back off. If there's depth, we will make decisions to our own hurt by the grace of God. So 1 Peter 2.21, and, and, and we had said this early on in the class that depth happens through trials. Depth happens through making decisions and honoring God even when it hurts, right? So we unconsciously imitate. This is a, this is a big word, imitate. Okay, 1 Peter 2.21. I want to give you some verses on this. <clears throat> so, for to you this we're called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Okay, Think about the people, the forerunners, the pioneers, those that have gone before us. If I went around this room, I'm sure each one of you has a hero in your life that's alive today or someone that has helped shape your life or shaped your decisions. We know Jesus is our hero, right? We could say Jesus is my hero. He's the ultimate hero, right? But to have people in your life that are walking out your faith is super important. Super important. Why? Because you see their failures, you see their successes, you see their recoveries, you see their adjustments, you see their friendships. By the way, we are who we hang around. That's what we're going to become. If I'm wise, I'll walk with the wise. There's an interesting verse we're going to show here in a minute. Uh, it's here in my notes somewhere. It says, um, corrupt people, uh, evil people corrupt, uh, corrupt manners, cor- corrupt good manners. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. That's an interesting verse. Let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. I want to, I want to uh, quote it correctly. I always say this in relationships, like if you're going to be with somebody, make sure they're going in the direction you want to go, right? I always say this to to guys, can the gal that you're dating, uh, can she trust and follow you? Can she edify you? All right, I say this to girls, like is the man walking with God? Is he uh, really pursuing God? Uh, That's a big deal. We can settle and have a good life, but we want meaning in our life, and we want more than just a good life, right? We certainly need a good. We need more than that. Fifteen thirty-three. Let's look at this together. First Corinthians. It says, "Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. <laughs> Awake to righteousness and do not sin. For some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Flirting with people that are in the world." will impact our life. It will. We either impact people or we become impacted. Right? Anybody ever gone to the dentist and had an impacted tooth? It is really painful. Right? So in friendships, we want to be walking with the wise. I didn't say walk with the perfect because there's no such perfect person. But we want to make sure that evil company corrupts. Right? 
could say a lot with that. You know, some people settle for for just things that they don't believe that God has something good for them, so they jump at the first uh, the first opportunity. And it could be wrong. It could be wrong, right? Could be very painful. Look at First Corinthians eleven one. So, what are those four things? Example is worth is more powerful than rhetoric. Right? Brooks said that. Our example is worth more than a thousand arguments. We are creatures led by patterns more than just principles. Right? I see steps of faith, like I watch Pastor Schaller's life. He's a hero in my life. And uh, I see his pattern. And what happens? I see, okay. I, I see the faithfulness of God. I see the, the power of God. I see the grace of God. Right? How you doing? You all right? You with me? Is this interesting? You're really quiet tonight. That's good. We unconsciously imitate what pleases us. That's a, that is a scary sentence, isn't it? Okay, 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Look at this with me. Imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Pretty simple. I am who I hang around. So if I hang around a crackhead, I will be smoking crack pretty soon, right? So I remember a guy, a dear brother, doing really well in the church. He, he, was, um, he was clean, and he was eight months clean. And I said, okay, we know where your margins are. And we know that you're going to be tempted. And this guy was doing amazing, doing really good. And a, and, a, and a girl, he was going to these meetings, and there was a recovering gal there in the group. And, of course, they started getting together and talking, and she slipped and started relapsing, and she took him with him. And she wound up three months later dying in his arms, literally dying in his arms. Watch the light go out of her eyes. Calls me up, broken. I said, I just, I just was so, so broken in my spirit, but it's also so angry. I thought, oh my Lord, you know. And I said, come back to God. Just, I'm so terribly sorry what happened, but the end of that habit is death. And the Lord had to show you that. You know, to this day, he's, he is off doing his thing. And I said, I, I said, I'm not doing your funeral. So I kind of was upset with him because sin is like that, isn't it? If we're a friend of the world, it'll be death, right? He thought he could manage this girl, right? He thought he could manage his habit. He thought he could manage his flesh. Well, all of that is much more powerful than we are. So imitate me. Do exactly what I do. And I'm not saying we have to be robots because that's, that's weird. But follow our faith, right? 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Follow our faith. Follow our faith, right? We see great examples. I don't want to just give bad examples. We, we can see great examples, right? Um, we could... Give me an example of a good example. Give me an example of a good example. 
Somebody following someone else's faith, right? Hebrews 13, 7, right? Yes, Josh. Elisha with Elijah. Perfect. Perfect. Right? Isn't that good? Walking in the same steps, right? You ever walk in deep snow? You walk in the steps that are going before you. Good. I mean, I know in my life, um, my mentors have saved my life, literally, because you can see the way of life, right? The way of the just is a bright light. Amen? It's true. All right. So let me show you another verse here. Look at uh, Ephesians 5. one. Ephesians 5, 1, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ has also loved us and given himself for us as an offering and as a sacrifice to God, a sweet-smelling aroma. Not good? How are we going to have depth in our day and age when everything is very superficial? When people get offended if you... Don't respond to their texts. I had a very interesting situation where, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so petty, but this is exactly how it happens. Like there's this, you ever get one of those broadcast texts and when people respond to you, it dings your phone and ding, ding, ding. And one person responds, your phone dings. Another person responds, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so someone writes back, hey, can I get off this, this uh, text thread? I'm at work. Blowing up my phone. Guy gets offended, leaves the church. What is that? That's, that just shows no depth, right? So depth is, is one of those things, again, it's the equity of love in a relationship. Like I love you enough to say these things, but not as a hammer, but as someone that really cares for your soul. Acts 20, 28, right? We are watchdogs. We're watchdogs, right? What does a watchdog do? What's a watchdog do? Could be a song. What does a watchdog do? Where's Tim LaRoe? There's a good rap for you right there. This guy can sing amazing, by the way. Tim and Josh, these guys should make an album. It's awesome. You are. Okay, even better. The watchdog. That's a good title. What does the watchdog do, Chelsea? What's the watchdog do? <laughs> okay, say the answer without using the word watch. No, I'm just joking. Okay, he watches over people. What else do they do? Protect, good. What else does he do, she do? Warns. Okay, warns. Stands guard. They're looking, right? They're looking. They're smelling, all right? Awesome. Okay, this is good. All right, look at 2 Thessalonians 3, 7. It's really, a, friends are such a gift in our life, aren't they? You can go to them at any time, right? A friend is born for adversity. That's Proverbs 17, 17, and 18, 7, right? Born for adversity, right? Hmm. 
I had something happen to me today. I don't know if I should even share it. It just, life will test your friendships, right? If you love me, you do this, right? What's that statement? That's manipulation, right? Strings attached means manipulation, right? But love is, I'm going to love you with Christ's love regardless of how you respond or what you don't respond to, right? So relationships made by God are something that has the fabric of God in it, amen? In marriage, right? Wow. Love is more than a feeling. How many married people we have here? Okay. Only a few. Well, some you that are going to embark on that amazing journey. Uh, love is much more than a feeling. And if it was a feeling, you're going to wake up one day and you're not going to love. You're not going to feel like loving. But love is a choice. Amen. It's a commitment and it's a blessing. All right. Amen. All the married people say, Amen. okay, wow, that was pretty solemn. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> I feel like joking tonight, but I don't think I got it. I don't think you guys can handle it. 2 Thessalonians 3, 7, I'm just joking. All right, 3, 7, 2 Thessalonians. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we are not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might be that we might not we may not be a burden to any of you. Isn't that good? So good. Anybody have a freeloader as a friend? I love this. You take them out. Oh, I forgot my wallet. Okay, that's okay. Next time. Oh man, my wallet's in my car. Okay, that's the second time. <laughs> Third time. Oh man, I forgot my wallet again. I love you, but you're going to owe me a lot of money. No. Uh, <laughs> relationships need investment, personal investment, right? What I invest in makes it valuable. What I don't invest in, it loses value, right? If I invest in my friendships, I, if I invest in my disciples, if we invest in our faith, it becomes more valuable to us. If we stop investing, it becomes less valuable. All right. Isn't this good? Mm. So role models. Role models. All right. Let's turn back over here. Third John. I mean, as a dad. Right, Josh? I'm sure you're, I mean, Sandin, the rest of us. Lennon, you have kids, right? We want our, we want our you don't have kids? Oh, you don't? Not yet. I'm sorry. Um, you want your kids, right, to not only know God, but walk in the faith. Right? I was telling my, like, when we sit down to eat dinner, my son, he prays, and it's like, it's so fast. It's like, <laughs> amen. I'm like, Carson, that was, God didn't even pick that up. It was so fast. I'm like, we want to slow it down and like actually think about the words and and like the, the actually <laughs> we're actually thankful. So teach that to a nine years old, a nine year old that's hungry all the time. I don't know. We're doing a little better. All right, uh, but we want our kids to not only just follow principles. We want them to see patterns lived out. We want us. We want them to see us reading our Bible. We want them to see us forgiving one another. We want them to see us loving 
our spouse, right? The greatest thing we can do, men, for our kids is love our wife, right? That's why troubled relationships in the home are very devastating to kids, right? But, but through love and instruction, that broken homes are what happens sometimes. But that does not need to be the destiny of our kids' future as well, right? By the way, there is no taboo topics, by the way. There is no taboo topics, right? I think the church can be very silent on some things. Uh, I don't know if you've been listening to Grace Hour. We've been ripping the cover right off of a lot of different topics. Gracehour.org. I challenge you, check it out. We're, we're, we've got a, a great staff that's really attacking controversial topics, and it's awesome. Why? Because if the church is silent, then the world has a lot to say, right? The world is like has a loud mouth. And so it just needs to be stopped. You know what I'm saying? That's why we have to have a message. And this is why we're imitating. We beat to another drum. Amen? People say, oh, you're old-fashioned. That's good, right? We're Bible-fashioned. How about that? Old school all day long, right? All right. So let's look at verse 5 here. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers, who have borne witness of your love before the church, if you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went forth for his name's sake. Take nothing from the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers of the truth. Isn't that good? What's he saying? Gaius is commended for his generosity. This guy Gaius... He really, his, you know how people say your, your reputation precedes you, right? They say reputation is what people think that you are, characters who God knows that you are, right? By the way, we need more men and women of character, by the way. Who cares if people don't agree with, with, your, uh, with what you're doing? And I say that, I don't mean to be flippant, but if you do it for God... Don't look for people to be applauding you, right? Don't look for the applause. Amy Carmichael said this, and I'll never forget it. Never trust man's applause. Never trust man's applause. Just look at Christ. He came in on the, on the, on the calf, right, the donkey. A few days later, all the praises went to crucify him, crucify him. And um, that, that's a good lesson for us, never to trust or put your trust in man or in their applause. So, Gaius, our faithful service to strangers, all right? He had pure motives. He had no earthly gain. Remember, he helped God's work. He was a helper. Just like Paul said, I want to be a helper of your joy, right? See, how many of us uh, have heard the message and then we've seen it lived out, right? Big difference, right? I remember I was in the Ukraine, and um, you know we we had traveled to the south part of a city called Odessa, right there on the Black Sea. Amazing, amazing. We were doing a camp years ago, and um, Pastor Schaller and I were in this room, and it was like it was a tiny room. Uh, and I remember I was so exhausted, like one in the morning. We just I've been on the train all day and uh, most of the night, and then I said, okay, I'm just going to go to sleep, right? There's Pastor Shelley. He gets on his knees on the bed. And I said, oh, that's nice. You know, 
and I was out. I mean, I have this gift where I can just go to sleep in a second. That's a beautiful thing, right? I wake up in the morning and Pastor Chow is still on his knees, right? I'm thinking, oh, <laughs> I'm such a heathen. <laughs> but that was the pattern. He prayed more than his necessary sleep. For me, that challenged me, right? And by the way, if we're challenged by people, that's a good thing. We don't want to compete with people, right? Don't, don't compete with people, but be challenged to, uh, to learn from people, right? Learn from people. Learn from people. I've learned a lot from Pastor Schaller, in particularly how he deals with people. Like uh, we have seen some really interesting situations where he has taken a lot of heat. I was in a conversation where someone yelled at him for 45 minutes, like literally. This was years ago. And I wanted to remove this man's head off his shoulders. I was so upset. And I just like, this is so wrong. And there's Pastor Schaller just sitting there. And I'm not saying he's perfect, but he's walked this out in my life many years. And he was just very quiet. And I could tell, I was, I could, I got to imagine he was praying. And uh, at the end of the rant, and this guy went off on a rant. And he, the pastor, pastor Shaw said, I'm sorry. I, you know, how can I, how can I make this right? Like he was so meek and so gentle. And this guy, it just cut him to the core. He was so, uh, he was so aware of his sin. This guy broke into tears, right? The guy that was yelling and screaming, he just broke into tears and got on his knees and just like, forgive me, forgive me. What, what was that, right? A soft answer turns away wrath, right? Soft answer turns away wrath, okay? That's not something you read in a textbook, right? That's something the Holy Spirit engrafts in you, right? It's amazing, right? What's a pattern that you've learned? What's something you've learned or, or seen walked out? Give me something. What have you seen? Yeah, Erhan. Uh, not responding to people. Okay. I think it Okay, excellent. Youthfulness is full of zeal, isn't it? That's a very good lesson right there, right? Especially with the young men, right? We want to get her done, right? But wait, very good. What's another thing you've seen walked out? Joe, what's something you've seen walked out? I don't know. Thank you. Lennon. Something you've seen walked out that's impressive. In, in, in leaders, right? Yeah. Like I've seen some of the pastor like, look like very humble and like really loving people. Like it's easy to say like as a leader or a pastor, I, I want to love my congregation. Like like a lot of talking, but he like I could just see his life. Humility to connect with from the child to the old people of all ages. I could just see, see in his life. I could say that I want to be like that. Good. Excellent. Patrick, anything you've seen walked out? 
Okay, what are we saying? What does it mean to be walking out something? Tim, something walked out, something yeah, like demonstrated. Talk about it, but I, I think okay. Missions. Okay. Anything specific? I agree. churches, Also, Good. Nupu, what have you seen acted out? Okay. Mariana? Teachers are heroes, aren't they? I mean, in the school. Alyssa, how about you? What, what do you see walked out? What are we saying, Sandin? What, what does it mean to walk it out? To, to live it. To live it. To live it. Yeah, I can I say something? Yes, please. The, the example that comes to my mind is what my pastor went through back in Thailand many years ago. Somebody was accusing him to his face and saying a lot of bad things about him, not true, to his face. And like I said, what happened to Pastor Bowler? Now, after listening for a while, he was asked back, this person and said, Can you tell me one thing what God thinks about me? And that, that quieted the person. Wow, good. <laughs> and the person walked away. And for those of you who don't know him, he's currently at the Yeah, Pastor Walt. Yeah. Tori, anything? What's been walked out? What's been lived out in your life? Well, I, I, can I speak for myself in this case? I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> well, well I, I guess anybody can um, relate to this, but like, I guess like when you're younger, you're so used to like putting money to the next election, getting like a dollar. And when you're like really young, like six years old, going to church, well, as you get older, you start collecting more money. I, I don't, I don't. Sure. You mean you yourself giving more money, you're saying? Yeah, but that's not to like brag, but like at first I didn't really know what um, tithes were uh -huh. when I was younger, but now I understand. And sometimes, um, I, I guess sometimes it is some, like I give back more. I guess. Okay, that's a great example. Josh, what's been lived out? Yeah, uh, an example I appreciate is um, you see a lot of like the older folks in the body here. Um, they'll come in on walkers or, you know, someone just had a surgery or something. They just got out of the hospital um, recovering from something, but they're here. Like, and I can think of how easy it would be to say, well, I'm going to stay home, you know, and uh, I'm just kind of like convicted by that example of the the older folks in the congregation that that just there's no there's no excuse yeah they find no excuse they they find an excuse to get here good to be here so i like i appreciate that that's very good anybody else yeah andrew okay 
I think of your dad. How many know his dad? He's in glory now, but I think of your dad. I, I went to Bible school with him years and years ago. Just the consistency and the love in your mom. Amazing people. Amazing people. Just so gentle. Thy gentleness has made me great. That's the verse I think about when I think of your dad. Joe? I don't know if it's true. I recently was told that a lot of the women that sit in front for a church are widows. It's true. That really impressed me because that showed me that in their despair or whatever they experience, they still worship and praise God. Like they are up front, in center, lean. And that to me was really profound. Showing that people living it out, walking it out, like trust in God. Good. Also, they can hear better up front, too. Hear better. See, too. <laughs> <laughs> but I like your example. They're incredible. So, fellow helpers. This is, okay, let's look at Matthew 10 41. Good. I hope I, hope I challenged you because. Knowledge is not enough. We have to really have the Spirit work it into our life so that we have a concrete example. My youth pastor, my father, actually, my father is a, is a good example. Um, he taught me a lot about work ethic. All of us Moors were workaholics, actually, <laughs> uh, in, in the right sense, if that could be a positive word. Um, you know, raising a family of four people on one income. Uh, grew up, we grew up with very little, very little. And uh, there's a man that didn't quit. My dad's 81. Can you believe that? 81, right? It's incredible, right? People in our life that don't quit. By the way, don't quit. Don't quit. You only lose when we quit, amen? If, by the way, if things were easy, then they wouldn't be worth it, whatever it is. If whatever you're in is difficult, God's working in depth. And you're going to need everything you learn for where God is taking you, right? 1041, look at this, Matthew. This is a good verse. So this word fellow helpers means, okay, let me give you some words here. Uh, as I read 1041, it says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whosoever gives one of these little ones a cup of cold water in my name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall be no means lose his reward. So this word fellow helpers means to cooperate, to be of the same mind, to have one heart, one speech, one language. Isn't that good? Friendship. Isn't it good when your friend knows what you're thinking before you say it, right? That might sound a little bit subjective, but you can learn. You know, they say, okay, here's a little relationship. 55% of communication is body language. 38% is tone. And only 8% or 7 is the words. So a friend... A friend, your friend, or you are a friend of another person, you know when someone's having a bad day, right? They don't need to be peppered with questions. They just need to be loved in truth. They need to be reminded 
who they are in truth. They need to be spoken to in truth, right? 55% is body language, right? That's, that's, that's incredible. All right. Isn't this good? Receiving a prophet, receiving a righteous man, right? Now, we're going to talk about Diotrephes here, who was a real problem, and I want some time to go into this, so we're going to take a break. But it was it's really good because we can see Gaius as a, as a good example. We can see Demetrius as a good example. And Diotrephes was not a helper of the work of God. He was a hinderer. So let me just give you these two things. Gaius was a helper. Diotrephes was a hinderer. And Demetrius was honored. He was honored in the work of God. Okay? So, it's amazing, isn't it? All right, let's take a break. Uh, and then we'll go into Diotrephes. Any questions before we break? All right, tell me something you got from that half hour. Vanessa, tell me something you got from that half hour. Patrick. And Nick, you're next. I love this back row. I'm going <laughs> to... Don't we love this guy, these guys? We love these guys. I know people get nervous when I put them on the spot, but it's good. Okay. That's great. The height, depth, length, and width of the love of God. Amen. Chelsea, I'm back to you. Yeah, good. Right? Thousand arguments or a thousand words, right? Good. Living out your faith, right, Alyssa? Living out your faith. Like Alyssa's a miracle, right? She's a, sitting here as a miracle. Tim is a miracle. Mariana, we talked about Hungary today. We prayed for our precious family in, in, uh, in Hungary. It's amazing. You're living out your faith. You're in America studying the Bible. It's amazing. Right? Okay, let's take a break. Lord, bless this 10-minute this break. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, should we get started? All right. Here comes the bad news, okay? All right, so we talked about Gaius. He's a helper of God's work. And then Diotrephes. Um, th this is kind of a big one. Let's look at this, look at this together, please. Um, Third John. So verse 9, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds which he does, pratting against us with malicious words, and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. He, he who does good is of God, but he who does evil hath not seen God. Okay, I want to unpack Diotrephes for a minute. So Diotrephes... 
Um, his actual name means uh, nurtured by Jupiter. Okay. Okay. So this guy, believe it or not, was a leader in the church. Gaius was in his church, uh, but Diotrephes was a, an abusive leader. Okay. And I don't know if you've been under a yes, Ray. Jupiter's a god, the gods. So again, um, you know, his name, you know, our names have a meaning. So he was named after the gods, but it was, it shows that this man uh, had, had some demonic activity in his life by the way he led. Okay, so, so when people are broken, when we are broken, lots of people, us, when we are broken, we can lead in brokenness. Now, there's good brokenness where we're broken before God, and then there's bad brokenness where we are leading in our uh, weakness, our sin, our, our flesh, and we can hurt people. So this man, he was not leading in truth, but he was leading in the flesh. Now think about this. Gaius was in his church, and this was a hard man to be under. Okay, notice what he says. Number one, he loves to be first. Okay, approbation lust. He wants power. Power. You ever, any work, ever worked with somebody that wants power? They'll step on you. They will leverage you. They will shame you. They will lie about you. Okay? They will be controlling, overbearing, belligerent, arrogant, proud. You can tell I've worked with some powerful people in my life. <laughs> uh, this man, it's unclear how he came to be in leadership. But he was a man that uh, was in the wrong place, obviously. Speaking maliciously, he was a gossiper. He slandered. He was someone that spoke behind someone else's back to leverage his own way, right? Proverbs chapter 6 talks about seven things that the Lord hates, and one of them is a lying tongue. Speaking maliciously. By the way, if... Someone tells you about somebody else, believe me, uh, if they speak evil of them in front of you, they're going to speak about you in an evil way. Be, be aware of the person that has loose lips. Right? Loose lips sink ships, right? Good World War II uh, quote. <laughs> so I want to go into a couple things here that are valuable. He he was a man that wanted control. He was an insecure leader. He was someone that needed the praises of people, and if he didn't get it, then he was harsh. Okay. It says here, number three, he wouldn't welcome other believers. He had no hospitality. All right? That's tough, isn't it? He was mistreating people. All right. That's hard to be on the other end of that. What do you do? What do you do? Your flesh can get really animated quickly, can it? He would throw people out of the church. 
Just throw people out of the church. My way or the highway, throw them right out of the church. When do you throw people out of a church? Do you throw people out of churches, by the way? Is there a time to throw people out of church? There is time. It's the absolute last resort. Right? You go to them alone. You implore them. You serve them. You answer their questions. You do everything humanly possible. But if they're infecting the sheep, if they are sowing discord, um, maybe they need the door. Maybe they need the door. So he was a man of power play. He was all about power with Diotrephes. And that's a good question for us. Can we humbly receive correction? Can we humbly receive other people's ideas? Or does my idea have to be the one that acts, right? Or, or we act upon? Do we have to do it? Can we handle being ignored? Ever been ignored? It's good for us, right? It's good for us. We know when we're too big if we are reactive, if things don't go our way, right? Look at 2 Timothy with me, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Diotrephes was a hinderer. How do we handle a leader like this? Well, it's tough. But when someone's insecure, like we all are at times, they need to be loved and they need, they're broken. There's something broken inside Diotrephes that never quite got healed. So he was demonstrating a bad example, right? A broken home. A father beats his kids. Unfortunately, the kids will maybe grow up and beat their kids. Unless that cycle is broken, right? Someone that yells teaches their kids how to yell, right? So these bad examples don't have to be what we imitate. But unfortunately, behavior is learned. So we must unlearn things and imitate Christ. Imitate Christ. Imitate Christ. What did Christ do? They spit on him. They struck him. They pulled out his beard. They stripped him naked. They laughed at him. They conspired against him. And on the cross, he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. What is that? That's real leadership. Giving what's needed, not what's deserved, even at your own expense. Second Timothy two, Second uh, Timothy three, excuse me, says this. Uh, verse three: unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I would say this, if you're in a relation, uh, if you're in a situation where the leader is abusive, and what I mean by abusive means he is, or she is misusing the privilege of power. You and I have authority and privilege for one reason, service, service. Privilege and power is for Service. 
I don't want to use my power or privilege to destroy somebody, right? But we want to elevate those around us so that they will go farther than we are going. But the insecure leader will try to control and will secretly try to remove opportunity. By the way, the best thing you can do for people around you is give them opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. That's how discipleship is cultivated. Opportunity to speak, opportunity to serve, opportunity to lead, opportunity to love. Diotrephes was the one-man show. The one-man show. That word abuse is really thrown around today. And it's a, it's a big word. It's the, implement, it's, the, it's the implementation of power in the wrong way. Right? An insecure leader will... Um, you, ever, you ever see that? Like on the, on the, when you're a kid, the bully, the big bully will attack the smallest kid. Right? You ever notice that? <laughs> so Diotrephes was a bully. And Paul says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand to your face and rebuke you. Well, that's, that's like, wow. That's, I don't know if you've ever been rebuked. Anybody ever been rebuked before? It's, it's like, it's not, it's not fun, right? And oftentimes there's blindness. But in this particular case, he was um, way out of line. Okay, let, let's look at Mark 9.35 together. So... The hardest thing when you're in a situation like this is not to react. So self-control means that the Holy Spirit is controlling you. It means you and I are dominated by the Holy Spirit. Or in other words, you are conquered by Calvary. What does that mean? If you come up to an aggressor in an aggressive way, things will magnify. But if you come in a spirit of meekness but wisdom, and, and the Lord will show you how to diffuse the situation, and hopefully it will be diffused. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. So you don't want to render evil for evil. That's my point here. You don't want to render evil for evil. You might be the victim, but God will get the glory. You're going to send a message to that person that the base elements of anger and vengeance and vileness is not how God works, right? Christ was meek, lowly, humble, right? These are the more powerful elements, right? Mark 9.35, look at this. Um, diatrophies, boy, we, we all have diatrophies in our lives, don't we? And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he shall be last of all and the servant of all. Okay, Diotrephes says, I want to be first. I want everyone to see what I'm doing. I want to be the main dog. And God says, Really? You'll be last. I'm going to orchestrate things in your life for demotion. And then the last shall be first. By the way, don't worry about what other people are doing. Just do what you're doing to the glory of God, and he will lift you up. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and he will 
lift you up. Don't worry about promotion. Don't worry about titles. Don't worry about all these things. Just serve God in simplicity and love, and God will promote you in the places you're supposed to be promoted. But in the world, we learn to leverage, to criticize, to compete, to complain. And these are all uh, have bad results. All right, look at Titus. Look at Titus for a minute. Now, if things are wrong, as they say in the airport, if you see something, say something. And I agree. We want to communicate if things are wrong to the right people. So by no means am I saying we should be silent, but we want to talk to the right people. Amen? Who's the right person to communicate a problem to? Who's the right person? Okay, God, sure. Good. The person that can do something about it, the person in authority. Good. What happens if the person in authority doesn't do anything? What do we do? Okay, we pray for them. And then we do what? And you wait. And then do what? Yeah, that's one option you can. Exactly. You go above them. Right? Good. Because systemically, if it's a problem, if in Diotrephes was a problem. He was in leadership, and he was not accountable. So somebody went to Paul, um, to John, and said, John, there's a problem here. And maybe it was Gaius, because Gaius was in his church. And that's the worst thing. That makes my blood boil, doesn't it? Whenever we see the abuse of power, right? It's terrible. We have power and privilege for what? For others. but Service, service right? Serving, serving the weak, defending the weak, loving the weak, right? Because you know what? It's going to be us one day. It's going to be us. We're going to need help one day, right? Right? Hello? (laughs) Maybe it's us right now. Honestly, give mercy and it comes back. You sow to the spirit, you reap life. All right. Okay, look at Titus 1.8. All right, it says this. Verse 7, for a bishop must be blameless. And that means a good testimony. As a steward of God, not self-willed nor quick-tempered, not given to wine nor violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled, holding fast the faith, full word, as has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Now, Erhan brings up a good point. There might be a time to leave. And that's okay. And by the way, how do we leave something? Do we leave kicking and screaming? Do we leave by throwing our marbles and cursing everybody? No, no, no. How do we leave if we have to leave? How do we leave? Joe, how do we leave? Dignity. Dignity, but what's that mean? I can't, I'm hearing a lot of chatter. Uh, Andrew, how do we leave? Quietly. And quietly, right? Because I've seen this, we went through this here. People can talk and take, okay, one person takes out 10 families, right? That can happen. Better to communicate 
and trust God that you've communicated. And if you need to communicate higher, you do that in confidence. But if we go kicking and screaming and railing, and because you know what happens? Romans 2, 1 happens. If we judge another man or speak evil about another man, their sin comes off of them onto us, and we have compound judgment. So that's a scary thing, isn't it? So we, we don't want to put our head in the sand, but we just want to be careful how to communicate, right? Make sense? So Diotrephes had a sick soul. And this is what's interesting. It's not what goes in a man that defiles him. It's what, come, what comes out. We don't know Diotrephes' history. We don't know. But obviously, there were things in his life that were unresolved. And John, John had his hands full. Remember what Paul did to, P, uh, to Peter? Right? What, 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 did, what did Paul do to Peter when he confronted Peter? What, what did he do? Tori. Gentiles, mm-hmm. if I remember, and then um, I guess he, I think, oh, um, some Jews um, came and uh, showed up, and they passed out the act of funny. Yeah. I guess that, I can't remember the story, but I just read it today. Okay. But I think it was something that he, I guess Peter was teaching him wrongly. Help him out. Who can help him out? You're you're in the ballpark. Did he rebuke him because he was eating with new believers and then trying to force upon them eating Jewish eating customs? Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. What else did he do? I mean, Tori had it. Tori had it, most of it. Erhan. Uh, he kind of, he 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 showed the like. Uh, like two-faced, like Yes, partiality. That's the yes, word. Good. Good. Yeah, we, we call it talking out of both sides of your mouth, right? Partiality, right? Like treating one person one way, treating another person another way, having a standard for this person, having another standard for this person, right? Like Joe said, a standard for, for uh, you know, rules of, of, uh, of the law. All right, so let's turn back. Third John for a minute. Let's go back here. Diotrephes. What is John going to do? So John does something interesting here. Um, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, speaking of Diotrephes, and his actions, but what is good. He who does good is of God, and he who does evil does not, does, has not seen God. So, shaming, if I'm going to rebuke somebody, I want to be real sure that we've done our due diligence before shaming happens, okay? What do I mean by that? It means that we want to go to the person alone 
and exhaust every possible resource to try to see correction. Okay? We don't want to openly shame somebody. Do you know what I mean by that? Does anybody know what I mean by that? Openly shame means exhibit A, and you point to somebody and say, you don't want to be like that. Okay? Even in joking, the shaming or jesting is a joke that shames. It's very destructive. So as leaders, when you go to correct people, you want to do it alone. You want to make sure you're in an environment where you can hear the whole story and make sure you're aware of what is true and what is not true. Okay? If we openly shame people, you might hurt them for a long time. Not might, you will hurt them, or I will hurt them, right? So in this particular case, it looked like that John had exhausted a lot of things, but he is going to rebuke him to his face. Okay? It's pretty, it's pretty intense, <laughs> right? Pretty intense. Diotrephes, right? So he was... See, Satan goes after the leader, right? Because he can scatter the sheep. He can scatter the sheep. All right, any questions on this? Any questions on this? Confrontation. It's not, it's not a enjoyable thing. I don't like confrontation personally. But there's sometimes there's no way around it, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Salam, what, what do you think about that? Confrontation. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, the elephant in the room, right? Yeah. I love that idiom speak the elephant in the room. Do you know what I'm saying? What is the elephant in the room? Sandin, give me an example of an elephant in the room. Like it's a kind of a, a play on words. An obvious problem. An obvious problem. Very good. Mm. Okay. Any questions on that? Selfishness, right? That kills any relationship, right? Speaking maliciously. Wow. Not welcoming. Gosh, that's like the no hospitality, right? Throwing people out of your church. I watched a YouTube video. Uh, it cracked me up. This guy, it was a, his church service was a circus. Anyway. Um, anyway, I, 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 I don't know. It's kind of a funny thing. Just anyway. Maybe I shouldn't bring it up. Okay. Um, power plays. Oh, my goodness. The greatest among you shall be what? Your servant, right? Okay, let's spend some time with Demetrius, okay? All right, so Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. What a statement. It literally means his life reflects truth. If you were to look up the word Demetrius in the dictionary, it would be synonymous to the word truth, right? What 
what, it, what an amazing reflection. His life reflected truth. So we see that Gaius was one who helped the truth. We see Demetrius uh, was the one that, I'm sorry, what did I just say? Gaius, uh, Diotrephes, excuse me, that's the word. Diotrephes was a hinderer of the truth, and Demetrius was the one who was honored in the truth. Okay? I want you to know those three things, please. Now, there's a little bit of controversy on who this man was, but I think I want to take this stance, okay? So Demetrius was also a convert in Acts 19 of Paul, okay? And it's very interesting. He originally made silver shrines. And if you remember in Acts 19, what goes on? Paul is there preaching, and there's a great riot. And guess who starts the riot? Demetrius. And it's because there was so many people getting saved and forsaking their ways that he was losing his livelihood on building silver shrines to the goddess in Ephesus. So he conspired to go against Paul and Peter and the disciples. But later on, he gets saved because of the preaching. It's amazing. Okay. But he was instrumental in bringing short the two-year ministry of Paul in this city uh, of Ephesus. Why? Because Demetrius uh, was so angry that he was losing money because people were getting saved and leaving their idolatry. Yes? Uh, my question is, so Demetrius, he got saved through Peter and Paul? Yes. Yep. Through Peter and Paul. Yes. He was converted. And let's look at First uh, Timothy 3, 7. So do you remember the man that um, the, the man in the tombs that got delivered and they, they sent out all the demons into the, uh, into the pigs and the pigs go crashing down, which pigs don't run, by the way, and they don't go into water typically and they drown, right? And what, what did the merchant say to Jesus? What did the merchant say? Go away. Why? Bad for business. You're bad for business, Jesus. Take take a walk, right? So Demetrius, we 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 can see he had a didn't have a great start, but he got converted. Now there are different ideas on this. I, I think this is one of the the most um, you can follow this in church history a little clearer. That's why I think this is who he is. But he later got converted and became someone who walked with God and was very powerful in his faith as we're, as we're seeing here. 1 Timothy 3, 7, notice this. Moreover, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Actually, let's just read this. Verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 1. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires a position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, 
one who rules his house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the house of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he falls into some condemnation as of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are from outside, lest he fall into the reproach and the snare of the devil. That's a good list. Wow. Do do we fit in this list? Lord Jesus, you know, right? He equips the called, amen? He does not call the equipped. God, don't don't let the devil disqualify you. Let's say we have some areas there that maybe we're wanting, right? We're imitating Christ, right? We're imitating Christ. We're not... We're not robots. We're not, we're not like clones here. But we're imitating Christ. All right, give me the four things we gave you at the class. What, what are the four things of imitation? What did we say? Nick, give me one of those. Imitation. What did we say? Olu. What did we say? I want you to get these four things. Uh, Tim. Tim, what did we say? Good. Thank you. Yes. I don't want I don't want you to leave without this thing. Examples more important than rhetoric. And Tim, you're a business guy. You you know, you can tell someone a thousand times, but then they watch you walk it out and they're like, "Wow, it can be done. I want I want to Follow Tim's example, right? Good. Let your let your behavior and testimony do be shouting to people, right? All right. What's the second one? Alyssa, do you have it? Good. Your example is worth more than a thousand arguments, right? You can't argue with someone that's living it out. Demetrius, okay, caused a lot of trouble, got saved. But I love what we see in Paul's life. Before grace, he was a person that wreaked havoc on the church. After grace, he was a mighty man of God, right? Thirdly, Nick, all right. Okay, creatures, we could say people are led by patterns more than principles. Okay? What do I mean by that? Josh, do you want to comment on that? What do we mean by that? They're led by the example, not just... It's really saying the same thing, right? It's not the words, but it's the the life. Mm. It's the um, example, the pattern, the mold, Mm -hmm. the... The leader's life, not his loquaciousness. Ooh, good word. Loquaciousness. All right, we got a we got a wordsmith on our hands. Excellent. We'll let all of you think about that word. You can Google it. That was great. <laughs> no, honestly, I know we're kind of jokey here, but. It's okay you don't know everything. I don't know anything or everything I should say, but we're we're living out our faith 
And that is speaking volumes. All right, what was the fourth thing? Chelsea. Good. We unconsciously imitate that which pleases us. So our desires are really important to have in check, right? If we enjoy being first, we're going to lead so that we're always first. If we enjoy the attention, right, then we're always going to demand attention, by the way. Mm, scary stuff, right? So Demetrius uh, was, he had a role model. And we see this in Paul and also in John's example here, that this man was honored in the work of God. I mean, this statement really says it. Let's turn back to 3 John and we're going to close. This statement really, really brings it home. So in relationships, things are really matured, right? Okay, Demetrius has a good testimony from all and from the truth itself. It means he was so accurate in his faith that it reflects precise truth. Amazing. Good testimony. How important is a good testimony? Right? It's like a good name, right? All right. Lennon, do you want to comment on anything we said tonight? I was, I was thinking about this statement which says we are creatures led by passion. Shouldn't be another way. Like we should be. We should walk by principle. Pattern. Mm-hmm. Principle can become a pattern. It can, sure. But pattern should not be because of principle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the quote, I mean, you could look at it that way. The quote there is speaking about principles as in just um, just knowledge, just words, just instruction, where a pattern is life. It's lived out. It's actually the spirit of what we're, what we're reading, what we're doing. That's how, we, that's, the, that's how we mean it. So we follow someone's faith, right? As in we see the, the relationship beyond the word, right? So that's how we're, we're taking that. Yeah. What's that scripture? I can't remember it exactly, but it's like uh, we imparted to you not yeah. only the word uh, only the words, but our life. Our yeah. Life. Does anybody know that? Anyone want to Google that? We did not impart to you only in word only, but we imparted our very soul. Yeah, that's a very good, that's a very good example. So we have the, so Lennon, great point. We have the scripture here, right? It is powerful. It's the written word, but we see it lived out. We see Jesus as the living word, right? So if someone can tell you how to do something, right? You can talk a lot about the spaghetti, the spaghetti uh, sauce, but until you taste it, right? Yes, Lennon. I just want to add, like overall, I see that, you know, like uh, a diatrophist, being a diatrophist can actually damage the church, destroys the work in the church, and like being a Democrist or, or gayist can build, we can help building the church. Yes, uh, absolutely. So Gaius, 
And Demetrius, they were builders. They were one, they were helpers. They were ones that were honored. Be it Diotrephes, he was a destruct, he was destructive. And this is this is the complaint of the world, right? The world, the world can say, oh, see, there's an example, right? And it can bring shame to the testimony of God. Anybody else? Any other comments? Joe? Can you repeat <clears throat> there was four things you said. The last one was Demetrius was honored in but you said each of their names. Yeah, so the three things are Gaius was a helper of the truth. Diotrephes was a hinderer. If you read through the book of Acts, it's very interesting. You can see Simon the sorcerer did much harm. <laughs> I mean... He's saying here, this guy was a real problem. So Diotrephes was that. And then Demetrius was honored in the truth or in God's work. It means the work of God honored him. Okay. All right, any other comments? Nupu, we didn't hear from you. Anything you want to say? Okay. Wow, that's, that's okay. Yes, Erhan. Good. Let me show you something. First Corinthians thirteen. It just prompts me as I was listening. By the way, let's say let's say leadership gives you instruction and you don't agree with it. Should we? What do we do with that? Let's say it's different than what you want to do. I remember someone wanted to go overseas to a specific country, and leadership said, "Hey, why don't you wait six months and pray?" The person was really upset and went anyway. What do you do with that? What do you do? I and mean, people are free to do whatever they want, obviously. But what do you do when things are different than what you expect? What do you do? What do you do? What else could we say? God, God is God talks to the leadership. God shows things to the leadership, and they have experience, a lot of experience. And if, if they uh, say something that that's for a good, and uh, it's good for us to receive it rather than 
rather than doing a mistake. We need mm -hmm. to know that they are they have gone through the road which we are trying to go. Mm -hmm. They are much ahead and they have experience and God is talking to them. It's good to receive. It's yeah. For, it's for our good. Good. Yeah, I mean, can leaders make mistakes? Sure. But can I trust God? Can I trust God in that person? Because that, that's real true submission is, I trust God in that person and I say, Lord, you know more than I do. That person is obviously seeing something I don't see, so I want to pray and wait, right? That's a, that's a tough one, but you both give excellent answers. All right, got to close, but look at this. You think about depth. I love this. 1 Corinthians 13. I love this. Love is not easily provoked. <laughs> Verse 5. Been provoked recently? I always know when I'm, when I'm just, maybe I'm not living in the spirit is when I'm provoked. There's reaction rather than response. But the depth of love, not easily provoked, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Oh, Lord, thank you for these thoughts tonight. We pray you give us wisdom for the diatrophies and help us to honor and walk as Gaius and Demetrius, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to walk in love and truth. Bless us now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. God bless you.